This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Lighting Archive. Modern theatrical lighting is a unique art form whose history until now has been exceedingly difficult to study due to limited access to original lighting documents. The Lighting Archive website is developing a collection of actual plots, focus charts, and cue sheets from real shows. They will place an emphasis on historical productions and designers who have made important contributions to the field. To learn more, go to thelightingarchive.org. This episode is also brought to you by the Archiving Technical Theater History Facebook page and online mentorship program. The mentorship program is an online avenue to connect, share, collaborate, and provide helpful assistance to students and teachers alike by putting them together through social media. If you wish to be a mentor or are looking for someone to be a mentor too, be sure to click on the mentorship link located on the menu page. Lots of great people with experience in many different fields awaits you. Check us out on Facebook. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this long-awaited new season of the Archiving Technical Theater History Podcast. After a much-needed refresh, I'm back to not only bringing you another great interview, but also, as I said, to start a new season. I know it's been a little over a month since my last podcast, so I hope you're ready for this latest installment. To give you an update on what has happened since my last episode and the end of Season 1, some of you may or may not be aware that I took the opportunity to go and take some classes on set design and spatial composition. This meant leaving the warm confines of the Caribbean and making my way here to Europe. I am currently recording this intro from my desk in my room here in West Berlin on a very cold fall night. The classes I'm taking are offered here at the TU Berlin's Bundenbild Senischer Raum. Classes started a few weeks ago, so I've been deep into getting started with research, model building, and writing. On top of that, I'm working my way through a significant language challenge. I can't converse in German right now, and that's a big hurdle. My recognition of phrases and signs while I'm out and about is getting better, and I can reasonably ask for a coffee and croissant at a bakery. There have been some of the normal challenges since moving, of course, and that is partially why I stopped putting on episodes. The other challenge was I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to keep coming up with new content in each week. I realized that I didn't want to put out content for content's sake to just have an episode. This podcast effort should be more about quality rather than quantity. I still plan on making episodes, but for this new season, there will probably be more breathing room between them. This not only helps me stay a bit more focused, but also keeps me from not wanting to do this. Whether you've listened to one episode or many of them along the way, I really do thank you. I have a lot on my plate nowadays, and being busy is good. I know I probably shouldn't look past the end of the year, but 2020 is shaping up to be filled with events, so keep an eye and ear out for where I will be because I look forward to seeing and hearing from you. So now, begins Season 2. This first episode is a conversation I had with Oystad Executive Director Wan Jungwei. She holds an MA in Arts Politics from New York University and has traveled from the halls of the UN headquarters to Oystad HQ. Ms. Wei became the youngest leader of the Oystad headquarters since its inception, also the first with diplomatic training. She joined Oystad in 2011 and has since applied the blend of her passion for performing arts and background in international affairs to her daily work. Ms. Wei continues to be a driving force for the mission of Oystad, to better facilitate the communication between members, centers, and international partners, to draw 
new and young people to Oystad, younger generations, arts managers and theater makers who do not have access to the Oystad network, and to promote international or cross-commissioned collaborations with the focus on the geographical balance. To quote, Oystad is a fascinating global network where I've, been, where I've made good friends with designers, educators, and technicians who share the same interests with me. I look forward to working with many of you to plan, create, and improvise beautiful things together. You will love Oystad once you've experienced it. Members of Oystad and many of the people who have had the opportunity to meet and work with her are better because of her energies. Without further ado, my friend, Wan Jung Wei. And today, I am joined from halfway around the world by the stupendous, amazing, fantastic Wang Wei. Um, Hi. She is the. I get this. You are the vice president. What? What? What is your exact title? I am the executive director. Executive director. Well, you. You're you're the vice president to me to me. You're 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 way up there. You're the tip of the top. <laughs> I like that. I like that very much. <laughs> and uh, I'm catching you now in between uh, shows that you're going to see. And uh, just so everybody knows, uh, where are you today? I am uh, in Taipei now at the OSA headquarters office right now at this moment. And uh, and how long have you been with Oyster? Uh, it has been hmm, eight years already. So I joined OSA in 2011. Uh, I was studying in uh, New York University uh, from 2008 to 2011. And then one day I saw this uh, posting saying OSA is looking for somebody who is interested in theater and also interested in international politics. And I say to myself, hmm, that sounds like me. So I moved back to Taipei enjoying all this ever since and it has been an, an amazing journey uh, uh and i you are one of the first people i actually met through oystat and we have been joined at the hip ever since and i've learned actually a lot not only about uh oystat itself but uh about uh about taiwan and taipei and and a lot of wonderful things uh, about about uh about your about your country um but we're here to talk about about you and your journey and some of the things that uh, you have done. Now, to give kind of people uh, an idea of your background, um, mm -hmm. did, did you did you always want to be a performer? Did you always want to be an arts? What what is it that you had hoped to accomplish when you first started this journey? Uh, when I was like a young child, I know I loved dancing a lot, mm -hmm. but uh, I didn't. Go. I didn't uh, went to that journey because I also realized I am very much interested in, in politics as well. So I majored in international politics. But throughout my undergrad, the four years, I was feeling that there is something missing in my life, and that is theater and dance. So I was always trying to find a job that can combine my uh, two passions. That is dance and, and politics. Mm -hmm. So after I graduate, I went to New York University. They have this awesome program called Arts and Politics. 
basically it's a bunch of artists who are interested in uh, social political issues. We all have our different artistic background. For me, it's uh, it's dance, and then I have classmates who are directors, songwriters, musicians, and then together we talk about how can arts interfere or change the society or the world we live in. And after that, I, I did an internship at United Nations. And then during my intern at United Nations, that feeling comes back. The feeling was like, I know I love politics, but I need more arts in my life. So then I kind of turned another direction. So I was, again, trying to find something that can combine uh, arts and politics. And that's why I landed in all this stuff. Now, politics is a, is a really big field, and I know that there are people who like to, say, uh, be specific. So some people deal with human rights, some people deal with environments. There's all sorts of different levels of it. What particular politics did you, uh, did you, find, you find yourself drawn to? My, uh, my interest will be uh, focusing on identity and gender. That's kind of my thing. Okay, because that that's a that's currently a, a really important topic right now, and I know that's been discussed not only in Oystad but some of the other uh, or arts organizations, and it's kind of a, a tricky field to to, to navigate. Um, with your with your experience in both arts and politics, how do you find it being addressed today? It's actually very. It's a very like it's a very broad question. I mean, if we are going to discuss this, maybe you can discuss like three days or three weeks. Oh, okay. uh, first thing first, I think it's sorry. Say again. No, it, it's it's a long topic. Yeah, it is a long topic. I think uh, from my point of view, I think arts can really do something in this area because arts is something that let people see what they are not aware of in a way. Mm-hmm. So we get so used to this system, we get so used to this, uh, uh, this assumption of, uh, of gender, and then arts can be that weapon, the, the, the weapon to really help you see whatever is underneath. One of the one of the things that you said you mentioned in your journey when you went went to to the to the U.S. and you were at NYU was you did some time at the United Nations. Could you tell me a little bit more about what that was about? Oh, that was a that's a that's a very interesting story. Is that because among all the countries in this world, we have like two hundred more than two hundred countries, right? Among all the countries in this world. Taiwan was not a member of the United Nations. So we, I think we are the only one country who are not a member of the United Nations. So each year, uh, uh, some of our uh, allies, the friendly countries, they will make a phone call to our foreign uh, department of foreign affairs, say, hey, we need somebody to help us uh, at, the univ- at the office to the United Nations. So I was one of them to help our, how do you say that English? Like uh, a country that you have o- official relation to? What, what, how do you call that English? 
you establish maybe a relationship or you establish yeah. identity. Um, you're, you're, you're asking someone to help uh, be a mentor to bring you into the, to the, is that, is that kind of the idea? Not exactly. I was talking about, uh, it's a more uh, complicated uh, diplomatic term. But anyway, anyway, so I was sent there to the office to the United Nations of Nauru. Okay. So in my uh, internship at the United Nations, I wasn't representative representative of Taiwan, but I was one of the representatives of another country. I see. So that's the interesting part of it. Okay. So as a Taiwanese, I get to sit in the meeting room, but I have to think and behave to act uh, as a representative of Nauru. I love okay. that country. Yeah. Well, you are you are quite you are quite the traveler, the quite the the, the person on the road. Um, there was a while there in in that you have been uh, traveling to some of the representative uh, countries and meetings and things like that. How do you find, uh, with all this travel, that your view of, of the different uh, politics? How do you how do you find do you find them interesting? Do you find them? Uh, oh, you know, you like. I understand what you're going through, or how, how does that how does that work? I really see a lot of I wouldn't call it interesting. I call it uh, same but different. Okay. And, yeah, in a lot of ways. Like uh, for example, I was in Portugal this March, and then I see how uh, how the in, how how they uh, fight for uh, more budget in the arts. Mm-hmm. How similar is that as to something we uh, we have done we have been fighting for in the past two years? So sometimes you see things really look quite the same, but on the other way you will realize sometimes things can go quite differently. So that's the interesting part of me. Uh, for me to be able to travel to all these countries, to have all these meetings, for me, like cultural shock, it's like a, uh, it's like a glass, you know, in front of you. You wouldn't know it exists until you had it. Okay. Yeah. So that's something I learned in the past eight years. Yeah. You wouldn't know like the, the glass is in front of you until you bump into it. Mm-hmm. Well. But we're, I mean, this whole thing is not going to be about politics, obviously. I don't. There's I, can talk, I can also talk about my dog if you want. You know. We, we'll get to that. We'll get to we'll get to talk in no time. We'll get to. But uh, two of the things that I, I uh, since I've slowly become involved, though I said is uh, two of the things that I'm most impressed by uh, uh, your work is how organized. Um, you, you've kept everything, and the fact that uh, the the office there is predominantly women. Um, mm-hmm. it, was that was that a conscious choice, or was that something that just kind of happened? Uh, okay, first of all, thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'm very organized. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, to answer your second question, it's not my choice. I think it happens naturally. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise is that people find it surprising to have a team of all women. 
So uh, uh, at the very beginning, I was surprised that people feel surprised about all Sahikos having a all women team. I was like, huh? Why are you? Why do you feel surprised about that? So I have that multiple times in the past one or two years, and then I get used to it. I think well, the other reason is in Taiwan, in the in the arts, in the in the in, in the field of arts administration, most mostly are all women team, the women directors, women leaders. So maybe it's a Taiwan thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe. I don't know, but it, it's a great example to that that people I hopefully will will be like, look, this is possible. You know, this, why why does it have to be? This gender had, is is the one that's in charge. Anybody, you know, uh, one one of the one of the things I, I really enjoyed was the conversation we had at uh, PQ. Uh, you, myself, and our, our mutual friend uh, Megan, uh, who's also from Trinidad, mm-hmm. um, and I know that she's uh, hope, we're hopefully getting her a little bit more involved in in, in Oystad. Um, since uh, since PQ, there's been a, a lot going. Uh, for you, um, namely, now, now, Oist is not in charge of world stage design, are they? Or I, I, I can't quite remember who's in charge of what. All right, can I switch off the video because we have bad internet connection now? Oh, sure, no problem. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. I think this will be better. Okay. Uh, back. Yeah, world stage design. Uh, the, the, the working mode of world stage design is like Olympics. So every four years, we have a different host country to host each world stage design. But world stage design is a OSA project, which means the OSA executive committee and the headquarters will help them, will supervise them. I wouldn't say supervise, but like help them uh, to go through that process and to make sure that they deliver they deliver a version of world study sign that belongs to them. So that's the, the, the role of uh, OSA in this project. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I know that I've, uh, I've had the opportunity to speak with uh, April Vichko, who is one of the curators of, of the event. Where, where are the, where's the process now? Um, is it, cause clearly they have the, the, the venue and a lot of it sort of mapped out, but how, with, with the commission meetings and things like that, how, how is, how is OISTAT participating in, in that manner? Oh, uh, we, ha- I think OISA has learned a lot through, uh, previous WSD. So that's why this time we kind of work together from the very beginning with April and her team. Uh, we, we go to see the venues and then we also give our feedbacks. In terms of how we think will be a good idea, and at okay. this moment, yes, go ahead. At this moment, we are uh, they are building a website, and then uh, we are going to have a, a meeting soon to make sure everything runs smoothly. Okay, well that that that, that that's a good thing. <laughs> we we like smooth. Uh, the, uh, I also saw recently that there was uh, uh, the president of Voice at um, Bert mm-hmm. and um, uh, William William Kenyon uh, just had an event in Shanghai. Is that where it was? Yes, in Shanghai. Okay. Um, now that was part of you know 
that was part of the education commission to establish an event or what, what exactly was that? Uh, that's uh, part of educational events of our potential new partner in Shanghai. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And um, I know that uh, Oystad has been uh, uh, reaching out to uh, bring uh, new organizations in because you just established, we just established two new. Um, uh, one was the Netherlands. Is that correct? The other one was Israel. Sorry, say again. Well, in um, at the PQ, two new uh, two new Oystad centers were uh, were established. Mm -hmm. Those two were uh, Norway and Israel. Norway. Norway and Israel, and uh, uh, with 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 that with that with that happening, um, how I, I guess some kind of interested in the process when a, when a new center is established how are they brought into how are they brought into oystat uh, we have uh, multiple uh, we have different ways of doing that for the, i can give you a example of norway this year we are going to have our executive committee meeting in norway uh, by doing okay. that uh, we can get to know the theater makers in Norway, and uh, the other way they can get to know us some more. So we go there, we have our meetings, and then we will have uh, like a short meeting or presentation on what is always tough. And we listen to what they are really looking forward in terms of joining this global network. So it's like mutual process of uh, understanding the needs of each other. Okay. Okay, well that's good. I, I mean, I'm I'm learning a lot about this this process, uh, kind of in bits and pieces. So it's great to hear directly from the source, just kind of how how a lot of this works. Uh, we should go to Trinidad some someday, right? I, absolutely. <laughs> well, let, let, let's hope because it's uh from uh, I've been receiving messages from from back there, and it's been raining. Uh, quite a bit, and there's been some uh, pretty serious uh, flooding going on. So, oh, hopefully, no, no. It, yeah. Uh, well, you know, climate change is a real thing, people. You yeah, know? that's true, right? We should do something about it, right? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, but uh, to talk, to, to kind of change subjects a little bit. You, uh, like it's I said, okay. no, 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 that's fine. Um, one of the one of the uh, when I said earlier at the beginning of this of this of this podcast, we I said I was catching you uh, in between shows. Um, what could you tell me? What what was the show you you just saw, and what's the show that you're going to go see later? All right. Uh, to give you a back a little bit of background, it's that uh, this year I was appointed as the jury member of the biggest award in uh, performing arts. That means I have to watch almost every show that is qualified to be nominated to these awards. That's why like, I, I spent all my holidays and, week, and weekends watching shows. Right, I just went to see a dance performance by three very young, not very young, okay, 30-ish young choreographers, young I would say, two women and uh, one, uh, one male. And then uh, at 7.30, now it's like 6. 
around six o'clock, seven thirty. I'm gonna see a circus show, also by a very young artist. And and uh, and are these at uh, a, a university? Are these at uh, performing arts spaces? Where are these? Uh, the, in the afternoon, they are at the National Theater, and then okay. uh, in the evening, I'm going to I'm going to see a show in the traditional arts center, which is like two stops away from uh, my office. Oh, that that that's nice and convenient. Have um, you been there before, like the traditional arts center in Taipei? I don't remember. Uh, you know, I went to a lot of places and. You know, it's. I have to come back. I have to come back and, and be like, yep, this is exactly where I went. Ah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very yeah. true. So, how many? Well, congratulations on on, on this uh, on this accomplishment. Um, how many shows have you seen so far, and how many do you have to see? That's a very good question, actually. <laughs> uh, how many shows I have seen for this year? Okay, let me do the math. In my head, so I need like ten seconds. Um, Go right ahead. <laughs> uh, right. I I I think to this point I see like sixty shows already. Wow. Yeah, I know. And then I have uh like uh like fourteen to go until the end of this year. So basically, I kind of like watch four shows every weekend, average on average. And and they're a mix of dance, uh, performance art, theater, circus, that kind of uh, kind of range. We have like eight jury members, and then mm. uh, some of them are from like music, theater, and then also contemporary arts, visual arts. So my my field is more about dance and theater. So basically, I watch every dance shows that is okay. on the market, and then if I have more time, I will fit in theaters and circus and video arts sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I'll do my best. Yeah. Now, now, not to give not to give away any of your your judgments or anything, but uh -huh. uh, but have you have you found a lot of the shows enjoyable? Have have it been have they been really great or have there been some that have been okay? How 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 have the uh, the nominees been? Uh hmm. hmm. Can I like not answer this question? Sure. <laughs> Tell I, me I, I, I think I, think I might I might get a sneak peek on uh, on what what you what you thinking? But I I totally understand. <laughs> totally understand. Yeah, I know. I know you understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to write two v two reviews every month. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you read my reviews, you will get a sense of you know what I think of the performances of that month. I can give okay. you that much. Unfortunately, the review is all in Mandarin. That's another you know. <laughs> See that 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 that's how you get me. Um, uh. So. But uh, now, with all these other things going on, between Oystad and being on these juries and things like that, there's there's like the you time. Uh, and yes. you you had brought up earlier talking about uh, not only do you go and and, and still practice dance, mm -hmm. but you also have your uh, your lovely puppy, which I've seen many photos of. <laughs> that, uh, 
uh, in the rain or playing or things like that. Uh, how how is how is your puppy? How is my puppy? He's a very happy puppy. Uh, judging by the size, you wouldn't call it a puppy at all because no, if he, yeah, if he stands on his back leg, he's like the same height as me. Oh my god, one hundred and seventy-two, sort of. Clear, yeah. Clearly, a full-size dog. It is, but uh, well, but judging by the age, he's still a puppy. Like, uh, <laughs> he's like twenty months old. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and he's that big. Yep, That's and crazy. I'm very proud. <laughs> I'm like super proud. <laughs> I'm very happy to have the biggest dog in town. Really? People are like, Wanrong, I have mm-hmm. been to Taipei for many, many times. I really think you have the biggest dog in town. Yeah, That's the best compliment I have ever had. Does, does, uh, does your dog ever come to, to work with you? Yes, at the very beginning, yes. So uh, my so the office the office is at ground floor, and we have a huge park just right beside our office. So I bring him to work, and then uh, uh, in between my task, I was walking around in the at the park. But then he got bigger and bigger and bigger. So <laughs> so you know so I kind of stopped bringing him to to the office. Right. Yeah. You got you got to be more of a handful than uh, than you yeah, expect. Yeah, that's true. Cause like he got bigger, and then uh, he can uh, put his head on your desk. Oh my! So <laughs> whenever like whatever you're doing, you like put put his head on your desk. So it's kind of difficult to concentrate. That's why. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What what kind of uh, what kind of dog is he? It's a Irish Wolfhound. With uh, a terrier mixed with a terrier, so it's a big one. So okay, so that explains the hair and the nose, yeah, and yeah, then the size. size. And the, the size, wolf. yeah. Okay. In the size. Got it. Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. So with uh with uh, 2019 slowly coming to a a, a close, um, what uh if if you could kind of reflect a little bit on what's happened in the past year. Um, has it been a good year so far? Or has it been a challenging year? How would you describe the, it? The past year, you mean 2090 or 2080? The past year, you mean 2090? 2019, so far. Okay, 2090. Ha! Huh. That's a very good question as well, let me think. Like for okay. 10 seconds. Hmm. Oh, it's a very, very accomplishing year because this year, we signed another contract with Ministry of Culture in Taiwan. We have the also headquarters stay in Taiwan until 2025. Oh, that's great. That's a that's a that, that's a big thing. And then uh, so we had our signing ceremony in May. And then uh, in June we have also forum, also meetings during PQ. Yes, I, so I was there. Yeah, for- so that's a that's a two major things, two milestones of also one of uh one is the partnership with the ministry of culture in taiwan the other is the partnership uh or collaborations with uh pq together we have our meetings and uh, during pqs and everything was quite well so i'm happy about that what, what has been a, a personal accomplishment for you for for, for this past year mm, i have my dog <laughs> 
person know accomplishment? Okay, I can give you that. Uh, this August, I was in a performance as a dancer mm-hmm. uh, in Jerome Bell's show. The mu- the show must go on. So okay. Something. Yeah. So well, that's good. I, yeah, that's me. Like a uh, like fact, as a dancer for like ten days, twelve, twenty days, and then uh, and then did two shows. Enjoyed it. I like it. That sounds fantastic. Yep. That sounds fantastic. Do you do you hope to to try and perform next year? That's a, also a very good question. You know, uh, I mentioned earlier that when I was young, I loved dancing, mm-hmm. and then when I grow, I gradually realize I like I love dancing. I like to dance, but I don't like to perform. Okay. I like All people right. watching me. So and then, I think I actually it actually took me about ten years to realize that. You know. When you when you're younger, everybody dance in order to be able to on stage. Okay. So I didn't realize the difference between love dancing and love to perform. Okay. And, and then get when I get older, I know how. Huh, I don't like to. Perform. I like to sit in the auditorium as an audience, quiet, not talking to anybody. That's my thing. I don't like to be on stage. Some people are natural performers. Some people realize they go, nope, that's I enjoy yeah. that. I enjoy uh, enjoy the part, but I don't really feel like I need to to show everybody. I think the thing is, when you get older, you get to know yourself like uh, like better, little mm-hmm. by little, and then you realize, ha, huh, that's why I made this and this this choice, but not you know not the other choices. For me, that's something like that, you know. So uh, I I realize I don't like to perform. So I realize, ah, huh, that's why I didn't choose to really settle in in one of one of the dance companies. But I choose to, you know, to go abroad, study, and then so everything become clear now. Well, it's been a, 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 a an amazing journey from from what I what, what I've learned here. Um, not only leaving your own country to go somewhere else to study for a while, but some of the interactions that you had, and now being part of the the, the international organization that is OISTAT and continuing to, to, to view the world uh, and, and, and see it and interact with it. If, uh, if you could offer advice to uh, someone who is interested in either arts or politics or just just traveling what uh, what is some advice that you would uh, offer to them the the first thing i would offer is to really really practice your communication skill it's okay. about really listen to others it's about uh, articulate your thoughts and ideas in different languages. It's about uh, polishing your writing skills that you can really express yourselves in uh, in short but uh, clear paragraphs. I think that's mm-hmm. very important and people often overlook how important that is. 
communication uh, in a clear, concise manner is, 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 is a skill. And I agree, it takes a, it takes a lot of practice to get mm-hmm. better at it. So that when you go and meet new people and, 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 and talk to them, that hopefully you find a way to, to communicate that you both understand one another. Uh, and then also it's about how do you really communicate when when you are angry, when you are upset, when you are super tired, when you are jet lagged, it's about all of that. Mm-hmm. How do you man- how do you make sure you have this communication channel opens even though you are in a very bad shape, even though it's a very bad condition? That the- that needs a lot of practice mm-hmm. and self awareness as well. Could you? Uh... Could you, is there someone, a, a person who helped guide you uh, or helped shape your, your, your views, a mentor of some sort that, uh, that, uh, that, you felt, that you felt made a real impact on, on, on you and your going forward? Uh, I have a lot of mentors. I kind of learned all that stuff through reading. Mm-hmm. So reading is part uh, and very important part of my life. I think I read about, I think I've, on average, I read about 10 books a month. Oh, wow. That's one thing. The other thing is every night, like every single night when I was lying on my bed, I was thinking about is there anything I did wrong today? And if I have a choice, how would I do it differently? Mm-hmm. And that's that's still your practice today? Yes, every day. Every day. Every day. Every night, actually. Every night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, what what are you currently reading now? I am actually reading uh, 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 Stephen King. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Because uh, I realized I have have never read his very first book. I saw the movie, but I had never read his. Very first book, yeah, I like it. Well, the other thing is, I often do it twice. So I sometimes I read it English, and then again I read it in Mandarin, or the other way around. I read it in Mandarin, and then I find the English one, and then read it again. So that in between, cool. you'll yeah, you'll find the differences of the of, and you ask yourself, hmm. What if I, how would I do if I was the one who translates this book? Do I choose this and this and this words? Or do I do it differently? So that's the little well, funny I, game I, I play with myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm clearly impressed because I, I have trouble enough, you know, just doing little translations of of things because I'm trying to work on my German while I'm here mm-hmm. in Berlin, and you know if I if I get a word here or a word there, I'm thrilled. I can't imagine that I, you're, you're you're way ahead of, of the of the curve if you can translate from one language into another and kind of see the differences. It, for me, it's like if I watch a, a movie that's in a different language and I turn on the subtitles. Or I turn on the, a different audio commentary, and I'm like, boy, that that doesn't make sense. The, the this structure, that structure, or the way that's expressed in well, that's true. I've watched some movies where the original language, just the context changes, 
of, of like a but character even relationship. With, even with subtitles? I mean, oh, I yeah. Get a, so, I get a sense of you've had like voice stuff, you, you feel it's a different movie, but even with subtitles, really? I didn't know oh, that, yeah. really? Okay. There, there are some films where an expression doesn't translate well, and, ah. so, and so French cinema is, is known for this. Um, a lot of Asian cinema, when it gets translated into English, turns of phrases just don't work very well, mm -hmm. just because okay, there so. are things that maybe we say that, you know, isn't a common phrase. Or in certain languages, there are certain sounds or letters that don't don't have a translation. Don't translate, yeah. But that's also the beautiful of it, you know, if you know both languages. And then you can really see the space between whatever we just described. Those untranslatables, those words, those phrases that are almost impossible to translate. That's the, I think that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of having so many languages in this world. I agree. I think there are a lot of really wonderful languages. I think that's why I like to travel and just walk around some some cities just to hear like how different languages mix mm -hmm. you know because it's 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 funny because walking around here in berlin it's like i expect to hear obviously german but there, there the other day i heard someone speaking in in, in a form of spanish and i heard so and i've heard um arabic and i've heard and you know and i'm just going oh wow you know this is how it really sounds with people really conversing in it. And then yes. all of a sudden I'll hear someone, someone speaking in English and I'll be like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I know like, how it feels. I know how it feels, you know, when you get used to so many different languages and then somebody is speaking to, somebody is speaking your mother tongue, like right beside you, say, wait, wait, what? Did I just heard Mandarin or did I just heard Taiwanese? I know how it feels. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's 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 a pretty neat journey, um, but uh, I don't want again. You know, you 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 have you have only so much time, so I, I don't want to take take all of it, obviously. But before before I wrap this up, uh, if people want to learn uh, more about Oystat, uh, where do you recommend they go? I will definitely recommend they go to also website that is www.oystat.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. Just search on Facebook, search OSA International. So you'll get all the news, updates, and events. Yeah, and occasionally a photo of our office. Okay, and, and yeah. do you know, and there are uh, um, many OSA centers around the world uh, slowly being established, yes? So yes. there might be one in a country near you or in your own home country, correct? Yes. So the other, yes, thank you for bringing that up. The other uh, thing is you can find your nearest nearest OSS centers. We have uh, 33 OSS centers around the world. So find the OSS center that is closest to you. Go to them and listen to them. That's also a very good in-person step to take if you want to join this global network. Well, I, uh, I, uh, for me, Oystad has been uh, has been a, has had a wonderful impact on my views 
of arts around the world. It's offered me an opportunity to uh, speak with 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 people, um, especially you know getting to, to, to meet you and and everyone uh, that's there in Taipei, Taiwan. Which again, I look forward to to, to coming back to because I enjoyed my time there. Um, and I look forward to visiting some of the other Oystead centers because now I have a commonality. Now I have something that, you know, I can go somewhere and be like, hey, we're from the, a similar organization. And, you know, tell me about your art or tell me about what's going on here or, or something. It provides context, which I think is great. Yeah, that, that is, I think that's the, the, the what you mentioned is actually the OSA core value. We are a bunch of theater uh, makers who love sharing ideas. So that's really the core value of OSA. That is what brings all the OSA centers and all the OSA members together. That is why we do things together. Yep. And, and we're going to keep doing it together. So I look forward to, I, I, I assume at some point our paths are going to cross next year. Uh, and I know that I'm I'm supposed to at least. I know I'm getting involved with world stage design, so I know yeah, I'm going to yes. see that, right? Yes. Or we can all go to Canada. Uh, come on down. Hopefully, like I said, <laughs> it's dry by then. There's uh, there's nice places to uh, nice places to hang out. Uh, get some sun. It'll, it'll be great. So yeah, um, or we yeah. can come to Taipei. We can walk my dog together. That is also fun. I I I I would be the happiest dog walker there 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 is. Yeah, happiest. right. You 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 walk the biggest dog in town. Yeah. And everyone will be like, oh, what an American have to have the biggest dog. <laughs> no kidding. Like when I was walking my dog, I have strangers coming up and say, can I take a photo of your dog? Or have like cars pull over and roll down their window and say, Miss, you have a beautiful dog. And then they drive away. Yeah. I'm so proud. <laughs> you should be. You should be. Yeah. And, then, so and, and now, now you know what you should do? You should start charging money for pictures. Ah, that's a very good idea, actually. Right. The, 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 this dog food and, and care is not going to pay for itself. <laughs> That's a very good idea. I should start a business model from that. You know, some people put their put their children to work. You're gonna put your dog to work. Yeah, right. It's time for him to earn his own food, right? Absolutely. <laughs> He's almost, almost a teenager. That yeah, right. you know, time 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 just time to get a job. Yeah, gotta do that. <laughs> well, again, it's been wonderful. I, I greatly appreciate this. I'm glad we were, we were finally able to, to do this. And I wish you nothing, nothing but the best of, uh, of luck in the, your, your, your journeys and your, in your work and everything else. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank hey, you for thank having you. me. Thank I you. Will. All right. So. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast.
Remember, this podcast is listener-supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.